Welcome, everybody, to It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where, well, it looks like two buddies this week discuss ch- uh, comic books from their childhood and today. I'm Kirk. And I'm Nick. How we doing? Good. Um, Ryan's not going to be here because his son's doing something for school, but he did give me his list awesome. and the D-list character for this week, so we're good to go for that. All right. So this week we're going to be discussing Quantum and Woody number one, Batman number 386, and Power Girl number 10. So let's get started with Quantum and Woody. So have you ever read Quantum and Woody before? No. So this... It kind of aggravated me a little bit. It's a little bit of a jump in. Yeah. Um, Quantum is the straight-laced yep. character. And Woody is the conniving yeah, little bastard. Yeah. But... So they're a team of superheroes. And I've only read the first series. I mean, there's been like four series after this. Yeah. I was kind of lost too. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to say that I enjoyed it. It kind of drug in the middle. Yep. But I like... Um, so basically, Woody gets possessed with a power? Yeah, Woody has a new power. Yeah. Is what he's saying. He has a new power. That he can... He's getting visions of the future. Yeah. And... Ironically, everything in his vision comes true. Yeah, you I know. know. Yeah. Tells him to go in the sewer, find a red door. Yeah. Go to the guys from Alaska and seems, save them. Seems kind of odd and yeah. over-controlled there. And so they end up in, in Congress, and they're getting attacked by a family of supervillains. Yep. Ironically, these guys are there. They just happen to be, happen there, to be there, there that day. And Quantum started to think, like, okay, so did my brother pay these supervillains to attack Congress so we could become superheroes again? Because superheroes in this world are outlawed. Okay, that puts some more context on it. And, yeah, it's just... uh, Um, It's a very different book. And I kind of like it for that. Yeah. And he's trying to figure out, yeah. And I like the, uh, the sun at the end. When he's like, Mom, Dad, I want to kill him. Yeah, I want to <laughs> kill him. <laughs> so, does Valiant normally do a lot of words? It seemed like there was a lot of... Seems like chunk of a little story bit more there. than normal. But yeah, yeah this it, one was pretty heavy. And I'm not saying that that was a bad thing. I'm just saying it, it felt like there was more writing to it. Yeah, there was a lot. And it was good because I'm going to pay... Was it four bucks? Yeah, four bucks. Yeah. I kind of want a story. Yeah. I don't want just a whole bunch of pages of art. Yeah. Which was nice. Um, what'd you think of the artwork? I thought it was it was pretty good. I don't know. I don't have much to go off of, so I had to think it was it was okay. For it fit the story because it's a little crazy. And it's whacked out, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. It was perfect for this. So, what do you think? I'm gonna give it a four. I've read it before, so I know the characters. I know the goat. I'll, I'll give it a three and a half just because I had no idea what, why was the goat on top of him. <laughs> we'll go into the goat on the D list. Okay. Um, But I had no idea, so I was like, okay, this guy's doing goat yoga? Could be. Could be. Okay. He's not a 
Never mind. I'm no. not going to go there. No. And so next up is Batman number 386. And Batman 386 is the first appearance of the Black Mask. I dug it. It was good. I loved it. Yeah. I was talking to Ryan and he was like, I really liked it because it's not a Batman story. It was just an origin story for yeah. the Black Mask. But Batman's in it at the end and it didn't seem like he was mutant Batman. He was the detective at the end. Mm-hmm. It, and I, I'm, was he a detective in the 80s or was that just in the 70s? Nope. In the 80s. In the 80s, he yeah, was, was a detective? Pretty, it was heavily like detective in the 80s. Okay. And then once the movie came out and he had to be black and dark. So after like 89, he started becoming... After Tim Burton brought his version of Batman, mm-hmm. Batman out, it yep. changed. Yep. I really liked how the two families were entwined. Oh, the Waynes and... The Waynes and the... Uh, Sionis? 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 I don't know. I bet it Power. means mask somewhere. Mask somewhere, yeah. <laughs> um, that they were intertwined, and he was... So, to start out, he chose his birth, and he was dropped on his head as a baby, and he was never quite right after that, right. as would probably be the case with any baby that, <laughs> that gets dropped on their head. Um, and his eyes were different. He didn't... He, he couldn't... He couldn't bring across any kind of emotion. Right. And I thought that was fantastic. Until he meets the squirrel. Yeah. Okay, so the squirrel scene, what the heck is wrong with this part? He gets bit by a squirrel when he's out, like, roughing it in the 14-room mansion mansion of his parents. Yeah, I love that. Everybody has a 14-room cabin. Right. So he goes out and explores, and he sees a squirrel, and it bites him. Yeah. And he goes on a drug trip. Yeah, he goes. Like, he's tripping balls on some kind of drug. Like, what? Was the... What is in that bite? What was what was in that squirrel, or that raccoon? Um, yeah. He's, uh, he's just tripping balls <laughs> for, like, three pages. <laughs> so, yeah. So his family's money is all tied up. Well, they run a cosmetic agent, like, company. Love that joker. Right. You kind of got that impression? Yep, like, that's what I for, I kind of thought of when I saw it. Um, so he kills his parents, takes over, and then he starts running it horribly. He runs it into the ground. He starts making cosmetics. Because that, he's doing stupid stupid yeah. stuff. Yeah. And he gets booted out by Wayne International, that buy the company. Yep. And they kick him out. Yep. So he hates Wayne even more. Yep. And his model wife. He marries a supermodel. Yep. And she leaves him because he starts losing money. Losing money. She's like, I was only in it for the money. And then he gets a great idea of taking a corner off of his dad's casket. And making his mask out of it. Making a mask out of it. And then becoming a supervillain. Yep. How does he eat? Does the mask come off? I'm assuming the mask comes off. That way he can blend blend in with society. Doesn't just have a wooden face the entire time? Yep. I don't know. Got to see Lucius Fox. You got the, yep. You know, I liked it. I loved it. I liked uh, how his his henchmen's names were after Thespis, and it was all acting mm-hmm. masks. You know, yep. Being a drama drama geek, that kind of, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I liked it. Highly recommend it. Like I said, anytime Batman's a detective, I love. Gonna have to go back and get some. Uh, 80s Batman now. 
Yeah. Get some trades with some 80s Batman. Are, they're fun. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it so much, I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. It's a dollar. It's a five. It was five. It was a dollar. It was a dollar. So you so, don't have to spend money to get a five-star comic book. Nope. You just have to know and look. Yeah. I mean, the creative team is amazing. It's Tom Mandrake that does the artwork and Doug Minch that Doug does Minch. the writing. Yep. yep. So, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. That was awesome. I loved it. Uh, now we're going to go on to Power Girl number 10. So what'd you think about Power Girl number 10? I got confused by Tara. Yes. Because I'm like, hold up. That's when they bring out that they should go, she should go join the, the Teen Titans. The Teen Titans, yeah. She, they're like, she's like, no, they have a Terra complex. Yeah. They're, they're not going to let me in. They're not going to let me in because I got a Terra complex. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> like I said, I we I read this like a couple weeks ago, so I'm not, I can't wholly remember the, the story. I like the little kid on the cover. It actually happens in the comic book where she takes him to the, co- she goes to the comic book store with him and says yeah. that she's going to marry him and. Or yeah. she's married to him, or whatever. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah, he he's on the roof, and they land, and he sees them changing into their normal uh, suits them, or yeah. their normal outfits. See, I forgot. So that. he knows that's who awesome. they are. So, and he's like, "I'll tell. I won't tell anybody if you do some stuff for me." Yeah. Go to a comic shop and help me pick out my comics. Yeah. It was it was awesome. So you go through, and Tara and Power Girl fight crime and. You notice as the book goes on that Tara, her personality is changing as they go. Right. She starts killing people. Mm-hmm. And Power Girl is like, what up? And, yeah. And then you find out that Humanite? The ultra-humanite. Humanite. Has taken over Tara's brain. Yeah. Yeah. And they fight for Tara's brain in the next issue. Uh-huh. <laughs> It was, it was fun. It yeah. was my first Power Girl comic. It was fun. It was a good introduction to her. Big blonde, blonde with big boobies. Yeah, yeah. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. And what's cool is like the whole issue didn't like go around her boobs. Like no, there's so many like I cannot stand when people are like, "Go, why does she have to have such giant boobs?" Right. Mm-hmm. Every girl is different. Girls yep. aren't built the same way. You want them all to be flat chested like men. They could all just look like Supergirl. Yeah. You know, no, but not every girl looks a certain way. Yeah. You can't put them all to lunch together. Everybody has a different body type. Does she have a small waist or has she got a... She has a small waist. Does she? But, but she's got like the... It looks like they drew her in like an hourglass. Yeah. Is what it looks like. Yeah, she's got hips. Yeah. But... She's not a stick. No. And that's cool because, you know, if you want to just see everybody that looks like Batgirl, then yeah. it's just like, well, you know... And there was a funny scene where in, uh, in the four issue miniseries that came before this, before Final Crisis and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where she's sitting on a roof and she's talking to Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. And Jimmy's talking and he's looking her straight in the eye mm-hmm. or straight out in the distance. And the only thought in her head was he's not looking at them. Every guy looks at them. Why isn't he looking at them? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jimmy's just like, Jimmy hey, or, guess what? This sandwich is great. You know, he's just like eating. <laughs> Jimmy respects her, I guess. Right. right. You know? <laughs> he's just like, oh. I mean, he's used to being around superheroes. And yeah. With, you know. Yeah. That happened so, in the book. You know, she like passed up with a guy who right. flashed her and then a super mo- a male model. And 
He was like, hello. Was it underwear model? <laughs> yes. Underwear model standing right here. The best was the flasher. The flasher and she froze his nuts. She froze his <laughs> <laughs> I cracked up at that. Yeah, that was awesome. So. No, I, no I've i loved Power Girl since I was like 10. Mm-hmm. And I went into the comic shop and I found a whole bunch of Justice Societies of Americas for a quarter. Wow. And I was like learning who all these characters were. And she was one of my favorites. She didn't look like this. No? Back in the day. I mean, she was curvy, but But she didn't have the giant hole in her chest. She had a smaller window, and she wasn't so over the top, literally. But, no, she's one of my favorite characters. I mean, Yeah, it was was a nice story to jump into. She's a cool character. She's... Yeah, I want to... I'd like to learn more about her. Her origin, you know, she's the only post-crisis character to survive. Yeah, skin like... Was it skin like steel? Yeah. Is what she said in the book? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so. if she can survive two crises, she can survive she can pretty much do, anything. Yeah, she can get through anything. Yeah. All, All right. right. Who do we have for the D lister this week? Nick. I was going to say ah. Ryan there, but I, I, I said Nick. The D lister. The goat. Or Vincent Van Goat. The Henderson brothers' father was a lab assistant to Doc Plotz Halter, who was working on a device capable of backing up and restoring the full mind of Alzheimer's patients. During the demonstration, a lab accident resulted in Henderson's mind being transferred into a goat. Over time, the experiments changed its abilities, including heat vision, enhanced strength, and limited flight. Years later, Quantum and Woody desperately try to escape the ERA's island headquarters. The goat recognizes and saves them. Quantum and Woody have yet to figure out that the goat is their father, even with all the hints that he drops. Okay. So the goat's their dad. The goat's their dad. All right. So so it's a good thing I didn't go with my first assumption. Yeah. He's not a goat humper. <laughs> Can we say goat humper on this show? <laughs> now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. The random reads. The random reads. Just want to do it together. The random reads. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> All right. Well, Nick looks like he read a, a short box too this week. I got a few things. I did read a short box. I'm just gonna go off of that. I started reading Green Lantern War, and I'm enjoying it. I have roughly a week and a half left of. Before it goes to the library? No, I got till Friday. Yeah. For my free trial on DC. Oh, that's right. On the DC app. Because mm-hmm. I did Marvel's free trial last week and I absolutely loved it. I miss having that to where I can just go into that database and read everything. And then DC's, I got to learn to navigate. I think it's just a navigation issue. I don't like that you have to scroll through the 9 million comic books to get to the one that you want. I wonder if you could just put it in the search engine and then it pop pop it up. Probably. I don't know. I haven't used it. So, I also got the Kindle Unlimited app for two months for yep. free. And I think instead of doing DC, sorry, Ryan, I'm going to uh, do that and Marvel Unlimited because I've been reading a lot of books lately, and you it's like a library. You can check it out, read it, and you can leave it in your. Mm-hmm your uh, library or you can put it back so i thought it was more cost effective 
I know I like going to the library, but the book series I'm reading, they don't have it at the library. Right. So, anyway, um, I'm reading the Green Lantern Wars. That's awesome. I started Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men. I'm loving it. I can't wait till I can get back to reading it. And I read Uncanny X-Men right after Colossus sacrifices himself to cure the legacy virus. And they find a way to cure mutant, being a mutant. And Hank McCoy wants the serum because he has gone through another... uh, He went from being the fuzzy beast, you know, the one we knew in X-Factor and Avengers... And it's where he turns into, like, a cat. Right. And he doesn't want to be that way because he can't control himself anymore. Mm-hmm. And the uh, co-worker, or a colleague of his who, looking at some of the stories, worked with him on the X-Men. He, she was part of the X-Men's, like, lab. Like, they're scientists, right? And she comes up with this supposed cure from an alien. And... The alien gets um, messed up by Lockheed, gets his face burnt by Lockheed. It's hilarious. He hates the dragon. He wants to kill a dragon. And uh, so basically what it is, is Hank goes to this, this colleague. I can't remember her name. I wish I could remember her name. And he's like, can you give me a sample? Because we're, we're friends and we're, we've worked together before. Can I have a sample to see if this is viable? And Wolverine shows up and says, it's okay for you to um, be a pussy if you're not an X-Man. X-Man have to not be pussies. Pretty much is what he said. He said, I'm not going to... He said, give me the serum. Because he thought Hank was going to use it on himself. And Hank's like, "The hell you talk- who the hell are you talking to? Right? And there's an epic battle between uh, Beast... See, I can remember this one. Mm. An epic fight between Beast and Wolverine, right? And Emma Frost breaks it up. She stops him with her mind. She's like, stop, bow, go to the danger room. We're going to talk about this now, right? And they go into the danger room, and it's made up like a little girl's bedroom. It's got like big stuffed animals and and like a and baby dolls, and he's like, she's like. This is the way you want to act. This is where we'll have the meeting, right? And uh, Cyclops is like, uh, he's like, I can't. It's your life. You can do what you want. Like a friend would. It's your life. You can do what you want. But please come talk to me before you do anything. Is that is that okay? Is that a deal? And he's like, yeah, I'll come talk to you, right? And then... He go Hank goes back to the lab and he's uh he's looking at these this serum and he's getting the results and he's like you monster right he decides there he's not gonna use it because there's something that will happen when they inject it into him it's not not altruistic it's something bad's gonna happen to him and uh so they go and then they confront. Um, Cyclops, Wolverine, uh, Emma Frost, Kitty Pride, and uh, did I say Wolverine? No, not yet. Wolverine. 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 Was it Wolverine? 
I don't know. I lost it. I couldn't remember <laughs> who I named. It's basically the team that's in the book. Yeah. <laughs> so the X-Men. With Wolverine. With Wolverine. Go. That's what happens when I lose my thought. I'm like, Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine. Okay. Anyway, they go and they confront her. And she wants to help. She says this is to help mutants. And because she's protecting a little one. She doesn't want him to be hunted. And that's why she's creating the cure to cure him. So he won't be hunted because he's powerful. And the alien shows up. They defeat the alien. And come to find out. The alien has diplomatic immunity. With sword. And can't be touched. So that's where it went. Ended up. Ended at. Was with sword being revealed. Oh, and Nick Fury and Logan almost go on toe-to-toe with each other. I think that would have been awesome. <laughs> It'd be nice to see every once in a while. Yep. So, that was what I read last week. And then I decided to get back into... I decided to give X-Men a second chance. Right? John Jonathan Hickman's X-Men. So I picked up... Because 1 and 2 confused the hell out of me. I didn't get it. Come to find out these are one-offs. Each story is going to be a one-off that'll lead to the bigger picture later on. So, like, you got an Emma Frost and a Cyclops story. You got Cyclops, Young Cable, and Rachel Summers. They go on a vacation together. And then you get the weird Wolverine, Jean Grey, love triangle thing, devil's three-way thing going on in number one. Number three is Emma Frost and Cyclops go to the Savage Land to um, stop something because that's like their harvesting area. They're like plants and medicine. And they go with Sebastian Shaw and he uh, basically gets put in his place by the people that they're going to stop. It's the three old lady botanists the evil botanists i i I remember him from previous ones but he's like hello ladies and he starts talking to him and they're he gets put on his ass and then you know anyway so three was eh. it's the savage land it's the savage land your favorite place i'm tired of the savage land but i gave it a shot right number four is what has pulled me back in completely. Because one, Magneto gets to be an arrogant prick, and who doesn't love Magneto when he's an arrogant prick? Because he does it so well. And Hickman writes him as an arrogant prick so well. Right? So, it the issue's called State of the World, and they're showing up to a summit in Switzerland. And Gorgon and Scott Summers get out, and they're like their security detail. They're like the uh, Secret Service, right? And then you see Magneto get off the plane. Professor X is back, and then you see Apocalypse in a suit. How would you like to be the tailor for Apocalypse's suit? How would you tell him to uh, please move your arm? Ah! (laughs) Now to do your inseam. Ah! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> so 
they walk into the into the summit and they tell the the guy whose security tells Scott and Gorgon that they can't go in, that only the leaders can go in. So since they're both generals of the of Krakoa, they can't go in because they're not privy to the secret discussions that they have between world leaders. Magneto's like, it's okay. Cyclops says, you just get you just let us know and I'll and uh he says, uh, yell if you need me and he goes and you'll come run Magneto goes, You'll come running and he's like, You know it. Right? And they go in and they start shaking hands with everybody. Um Charles, thank you for coming, you know. Eric, thanks. Um Eric, you as well, and then the guy tries to talk to Apocalypse and He's like, should I call you Saba or Mr. Nur, perhaps? Right? And he says, I am Apocalypse. My other names are not fit for you to utter. I'm like, yes! I love Apocalypse. And I'll fill you in a little secret about Apocalypse here in a minute when I'm done. And so they have dinner, and it's this really expensive shit dinner. You know, a shit dinner. And there is a kill squad in place to try to take out Magneto Apocalypse and Professor X. And Professor X tells Scott, hey, there's a there's a you know, kill squad coming for us. You wanna take care of it? He's like, I'm on it, him and Gorgon go and um then you go to Magneto eating his dinner, right? And this is where he's an arrogant prick. He's just Telling them, hey, this is how it's going to be. Um, we come here in good faith. Um, he said, he just talks about all, just being Magneto, right? I don't want to go into all of what he says. And the gist of it is, is he's telling them, don't mess with us and not expect a, a response, right? We're just like any other nation. You hit us, we're going to hit you back. And Cyclops steps in the hall. <laughs> And the the team is around him, and he proceeds to start kicking the ever-loving shit out of him. And Magneto's still talking while this is going on, and Apocalypse starts talking. Like, they, he says something about how the, the uh, Dark Ages ended, and they said, the guy says, who cares how the Dark ended, Ages ended? And Apocalypse goes, you should. Because I'm the reason the Dark Ages ended. <laughs> so they're all... The only one who's not really being an arrogant prick is uh, Professor X. So Scott takes him out and he says... He goes, this dinner is amazing. My compliments to the chef. And Gorgon doesn't kill them. He just hacks their limbs off and says, I'm learning. I'm taking a new path. I'm learning a new way. Be grateful that, you know, I'm doing this, right? I'm leaving you alive. Be grateful. And then they go into how they just found out that there was a kill squad. Magneto reveals it. And it's the U.S. who brought... It was all the world leaders who brought the the assassination squad to kill them. They're trying to take them out so Krakoa would fail. Mm-hmm. And they're like, next time, expect a retribution. Shit. When they leave. Yeah, they leave and he's he's like, uh, he goes, try us again if you will, but if you do, expect a response. And I was like, 
Fuck, I'm back. <laughs> I like this book. Hopefully, it, five wasn't as good, but this one was awesome. Yeah. I love this book. This is a five. Oh my god, you should read it. But you don't have the the background for it, even though it's a one-off, so you could probably figure it out. Because Xavier gets assassinated in X-Force number one. Right. And they bring him back, and he's like, you tried, but unfortunately we can deal with dying. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's when they decided to start saying, you, you need to respect us, or you're going to get hammered. It's a five. Awesome. It's a five. I was yeah. like, even if I get duds and I get something like this every once in a while out of the X-Men book, I didn't like every uncanny X-Men book or every the second volume of X-Men. Right. If I can get one or, you know, you know, there's one or two duds and the rest are phenomenal, I'm good. I just want the character, I just want the book to be... I know you can't recapture what they were in the 80s and the 90s. I just would like them to be more respected again. Not the... Uh, here's our here's our main titles, and here's the red-headed stepchildren right. of the Marlinas. When it used to be... The other way around. The other way around. Mm-hmm. The X-Men were the, the, the darlings, and the all the other books were the red-headed stepchildren. Right. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, I highly recommend, like I said, they're duds, but I recommend X-Men in they're on, they're bringing out number six this week. So it's coming out in a trade after that. So if you don't want to pick up the single issues, just buy the trade and you'll, you'll be good. So that's what I had this week. Cool. Pretty awesome that I remembered that one book by memory. By memory. Yeah. It was nice. So that was awesome. All right, so I've been bagging on new comics lately, and I went to Half Price Books, and I found some stuff, and I was like, you know, Ryan's been talking about this since I've known him. Yeah. I should I should read some stuff. So he let me borrow Hawkman 1 through 5, and I read Hawkman number 1. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah? I'm not going to go through all my books. I'm just going to talk about them. No. Okay, so... Hawkman number 1 is... Hawkman number 1 is amazing. Yes. Like rekindled my love for that character like mm-hmm. i've kind of fallen out of it because there's so many incarnations there's so many times he's been redone we told you and this book is amazing we told you not only is he resurrected on earth but he's resurrected throughout the multiverse mm-hmm. so there's the thanagarian one is actually a carter hall there's a kryptonian there's just so many carter halls running around awesome yeah right so then he also brought up that I should read Justice League Odyssey. Okay. Did you find Justice League Odyssey at this? At crypt, uh, for a dollar. I found number one. Nice. For a dollar. Okay. So I was going through their box, right? Mm-hmm. And I found the Terrifics number one. And I was like, what's that other book that he's been talking about? Oh, yeah. Justice League Odyssey. Three books later, I find number one. Right? Nice. So Justice League Odyssey, amazing. Like, I love it. I love the characters. I love the group that they brought together. I love the setting. Like, I never read um, Metal. So I might go back and read Metal. But, yeah. Like, the group that they put together, great. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm in love with this book. Who's in the team? Starfire, a Green Lantern, Jessica, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Azrael, and Cyborg. Nice. And it's 
crazy John Paul Asriel, right? Oh, yeah. He he hides away on the on the ship, and he flies there, and Jessica is like, hopefully that's Batman in that suit. No, it's Asriel. <laughs> you mind if I borrow? Yeah, go ahead. Awesome. And then I also picked up the Terrifics number one. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to read this. It's just it's the DC Fan- version of the Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Yeah, right. Um, Metamorpho. I think it's Phantom Girl from the Legion of Superheroes. Okay. Mr. Terrific and Plastic Man. Plastic Man. Of course. There's got to be a Plastic Man. It's great. Yeah? It's really good. I'm glad you're finding some um, stuff that you actually like. I love Plastic Man and Metamorpho. Yeah. Um, I remember watching the Plastic Man cartoon. Me too. And falling in love with that character because he's so weird and goofy. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's awesome. Dude, this book is funny and it's great. Um, does Plastic Man does wear shorts. And then I wanted to read a book that I dismissed a lot. I picked up issues two, three, and seven of Domino. Love Domino. It's so good. It's by Gail Simone. Not the Deadpool. Not the Domino. No, this is the real Domino. The real Domino. I love Domino. It's great. Yeah? It only lasted ten issues, so that's okay. You can go out and find it. It's, yeah. It's really good. Um, she's. It's by Gail Simone, you said. Yep. Nice. And she's hanging out with Diamondback in Outlaw. In Outlaws from the Runaways, mm-hmm. and Diamondback is the ex-girlfriend of Captain America. Okay. So you have Domino in the middle of this little group of girls. She's an X-Man, so she's got the whole X-Men behind her. Outlaw has all the Runaways behind her, and Diamondback has all the Avengers behind her. So if they ever get in trouble. They can call everybody. Yep. They they got their all their bases covered. So there's a really nice moment between her and Deadpool. Yeah. Like she she gets her powers taken away and then kicked out of a window. Mm-hmm. And her luck can't save her. And all of her friends come in and they're like, turn her powers back on or we're going to murder you. Right? So they kick it on and out of like nowhere, Spider-Man comes and saves her. And he's talking to her on the roof of a building. He's like, do you want me to stay? She's like, no, go. She's like, maybe you should stay. He's like, maybe I should go. Right? <laughs> so he leaves. And uh, Diamondback and Outlaw come up and they talk to her. And she's like, I'm not used to having friends. Like, really close girlfriends. I'm used to being around boys. It's weird to have, like, two really close girls. And they go downstairs and they're like, well, everybody else left except for Doofus over here. And it's Deadpool. And he's really, he's- really worried about her. So it's a really kind of nice moment between her and Deadpool. Awesome. I, I want to read that one. And then Ryan was going to do this issue this week, so I got it too. Um, it's Ad- Adler by Titan Comics. I didn't know this was Irene Adler from Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah? So it, I'll say this, it is a scandal in Bohemia, again, just from her perspective. Like, she comes to town. She needs a roommate. They introduce her to... Well, let's start over. So, Jane Eyre okay. is, is a veteran, right? She drove a hospital in World War II or World War One, Probably one. 1902. So, she was in the Boer War. Boer right? War, yeah. She was driving a... She was, like, practicing medicine, which girls didn't do. But they needed surgeons and stuff, so she did some medical work. Mm-hmm. She comes back to London, needs a roommate... Meets up with a lady named Lady Havisham. And she's a rich society girl. And she's like, well, I have a friend who needs a roommate. And it's Irene Adler. 
right? So Sherlock, Watson get together, you know, the same way. They meet at a college and they get a room together. Well, Jane Eyre and Irene Adler do the same thing. They meet up at a college. Get a room. Get a room. She gets attacked by Moriarty. And it's just crazy. There's so many yeah. things in this book. Like, she finds out that Moriarty's not trying to kill her, but he's asking for help in Moriarty's kind of stupid way, as she would say. Like, he's not a Napoleon of crime. He's a buffling, bumbling idiot, right? <laughs> so, it's got a lot of ties to Sherlock Holmes, but Carmilla, the vampire's in it. Um, it's It's a pretty good book. Awesome. The art is very distinct. It's got, I don't know, like, it's very weird. It's kind of like a 1980s small press comic kind of feel to the artwork, but it's done in a really good way. Awesome. It's definitely worth picking up if you want to check it out. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I liked it. Awesome. Is that but what you got? That's what I have. Um, yeah, it's weird because I've been bagging on new comics and then I started reading a whole bunch of DC stuff. I was like, maybe I should switch teams a little bit. Like, I'm trying to one- do it. I just haven't found a DC book. I don't like the new Teen Titans. I don't like the group. So I don't want to read those. Justice League, they're just too powerful. Mm-hmm. I, how many cosmic events are you guys going to have to go fight? Yeah. But give them I mean, offshoots, like Justice League Dark. I'll read Justice League Dark. And Odyssey is amazing, so yeah. I'm going to give these a shot. I'm trying to be more balanced, but I just haven't... I I loved Batman and the Outsiders. I kind of fell off from Hawkman because I had to cut down my my pull file. Yeah. What I want to read, so I'm lost completely in Hawkman now. But I love Hawkman. I haven't really been in love with Green Lantern. Aquaman, I'd have to jump in in the middle, probably. Oh, I did put Doomsday Clock on the DC app. I might read that. Yeah. You know, because I like Watchmen, but I heard that Batman's in it and all the other DC heroes are in it. But mm-hmm. I'll just have to read it and see what that's like. Yeah. So it's not that I'm anti-DC. It's just I'm just really into these my X-Books. Right. Because I got my X-Books back. Right. You know. You want a spoiler in Excalibur? Sure. Apocalypse is a bad guy. No. Told you. No way. Yeah. He wasn't going to be a good guy for long. He pretty much was using... Who was he using? He was using one of them so he could get access to Otherworld. To Camelot. Yeah. Is what he was trying to do was to get... Yeah, that's what, that, that was his whole thing. So in Excalibur, at least, he's a baddie. Marauders is going good. Kitty Pride's still, you know, missing. No, she got picked up by trawlers. Oh, yeah. Somebody saved her. I can't remember who saved her. Krakoa saved her. Didn't let her die. And she Emma's like in a meet and they're in like a council meeting and she's and Shaw's like, Oh, it's a pity that you couldn't you know the Red Queen couldn't be here and she's like, Don't worry, she's fine. And she let me know that she'd be not here. Oh, she was saved then. And she's like, Yes, Krakoa saved her. <laughs> so she knows, Emma knows that Shaw is doing back to all, his old crap. Back to his yeah. old crap. So, so it's really fun. I can't say enough about that book. Now we're going to move on to the list. And we decided to do the top ten couples in comics. So 
Um, I'll go first. Number 10, Rogue and Gambit. Number 9, Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy. Number 8, Reed and Sue Richards. Number 7, The Joker and Harley Quinn. Number 6, North Star and Kyle Janandu. Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Blondie and Dagwood. Batman and Catwoman. Lois Lane and Superman. Cyclops and Emma Frost. Those two totally need to be, should be together more than him and Jean Grey. So that's my list. I'm going to do Ryan's. Okay. All right. Number 10, Snake Eyes and Scarlet. Number 9, Star-Lord and Shadowcat. Number 8. Is that why she left Colossus? Because she's in love with Star-Lord? She was also in love with Peter Parker. Okay. She has a thing for Peters. She likes Peters. Yep. Not Peter Rasputin. Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Peter Quill. Peter Quill. Yep. Pete Wisdom. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing for Peters. Yeah. Number eight, Snow White and Big Bad Wolf from Fables. Number seven, Longated Man and Sue Dibney. Number six, Alana and Marco from Saga. Number five, Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Four, Peter Parker and Mary Jane. Three, Scott Summers and Jean Grey. Two, Green Arrow and Black Canary. And number one. Can you guess? Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Okay. So mine, number 10, She-Hulk and White Wingfoot. Number nine, Bruce Banner and Betty Ross. Number eight, Batman and Catwoman. Number seven, Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne. Can't wait for the response for that one. Number six, Doctor Strange and Clea. Number five, Lamont and Margot. Number four, Green Arrow and Black Canary. Number three, Thor and Jane Foster. Two, Daredevil and Karen Page. And number one, Scott Summers and Jean Grey. Okay. Four. So I was I, I had them originally when I did it. I had it Emma Frost and Jean Grey. And then I started reading more the of astonishing it. Astonishing stuff, yeah. And I'm like, Emma Frost is perfect for Scott. It's not like a codependent. She gives him a lot of crap. Yeah, it's not codependent like Jean Grey, his relationship with Jean Grey was, mm-hmm. where they, well, I'm the leader, you're going to you're gonna be my girl, you know? Right. It's It just seemed like, and she gives him endless amounts of shit, but she always sto- also stokes his ego right. quite well, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. It was, it was hard, because I was like, okay, my number one is going to be Cyclops, but... Is it Emma or is it Gene? And I'm like, if you look at his relationship with Emma, it's a lot healthier right? than with Gene. It is. It's not an obsession. So. Right. No, I totally get it. That's some diverse lists there. It is. Yeah. So for news this week, uh, I watched the Oscars last night. And How did I was, that go? I was hoping Ryan would be here so I could get his thoughts too. Okay, Joaquin Phoenix won mm-hmm. for Best Actor. Awesome, because... He was amazing. He was amazing, and his speech was amazing. He even brought up his brother at the end. Yeah. About his song that his brother wrote. You know, when there's trouble, you go running towards it, and then I can't remember the end, but it was like a beautiful lyric, right? And uh, there were a few I had a problem with, like visual effects. I, that's the one category I always have a problem with, right? Right. Because there's usually 
since this is a cycle where Star Wars has got a trilogy going on. There's Star Wars. There's a Marvel movie. You know, Infinity War was up for visual effects. Mm-hmm. Star Wars The La- uh, Rise of Skywalker was up for visual effects. And then it was against like 1917 and all these other ones. And I'm sorry. I really want to see 1917. But how hard is it to make a visual effect of a battlefield? Right? right. And you look at Endgame and all the effects that were in Endgame. I know you don't like him, but the Hulk, you know, the 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 lightning from Thor's hammer making Thor all these things and nobody should ever beat Star Wars when they're up for the award. Visually nobody story-wise, yes. But visually nobody should ever be able to hit, touch a touch them when it comes to visuals. And it just aggravates me that 1917 won that Oscar for that. I'm like, okay, Maybe they'll make it up to me at the end of the night. They did with Joaquin Phoenix, even though I haven't seen the movie, which I'm going to. I think I'm ready to watch it now. Mm -hmm. The Joker lost to a foreign film. Right. Okay. I want to know, why do the Oscars hate comic book movies? I wish I could figure it out. It's like, they're the biggest... Or Star Wars or comic books. They're the biggest money makers for the industry. And without A New Hope, there is none of the shit that we have now. Well, it kind of goes back to Martin Scorsese saying that Marvel movies aren't art. Correct. They're not real movies. And I think that is the 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 creators of mainstream movies mm-hmm. think the same way. They think they're also just pissed that they can't have a good idea they can't they can't rival a fan base that goes back 50 years by Mar- marvel has basically been movie right. characters the whole time. the whole time and the thing is like um you can you can take a book that just came out yeah right um and you can buy the rights for it what's the difference between buying the rights for clear and present danger or Ready Player One. Or Ready Player One. But I've never heard Spielberg talk bad about Marvel right. movies, so I can't really bag on him. But, you know, if you if you take a mainstream movie, like mm-hmm. 1917. Mm-hmm. It's based on a book, isn't You it? bought the rights to that book. There's yeah. no difference between buying the rights to that book and buying a, the, rights, the to rights to something that... Star Wars comic book right. characters. Right. There's no difference. There's no difference. But they don't see it that way. I don't know. It just was irritating me, you know, all the hype that went around Joker. Apparently, I saw the the few clips that they showed. I'm like, this looks really awesome. It was great. I really want to see Parasite though. I want to. So does so does Teresa Nine. We want to rent it. We want to watch it. Um, I know I kind of bagged on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because the ending took me out of the whole goddamn movie. Right. But. If you watch that movie for anything, watch it for Brad Pitt's performance. He is phenomenal in that movie. He deserved to win that award last night. He was phenomenal in that movie. Like when the, they, I don't want to ruin it too much, but one of the people, if you know about the Marilyn, the Manson murders, 
it was Tex and the other two girls, right? The third one ran off. Mm-hmm. So Tex is in the house and he's like, oh, I remember you. You were this person. Brad Pitt's this way. He's like, you were this person because he went to the compound. You know, he's like, you were this person. You're that person. And you were on a horsey. Right? Because he's high. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what was your name again? Right? Like Brad Pitt style. You know, he's like, what was your name? And he goes, Tex. And he goes, no. Nah. He goes, no. He goes, I'm the devil. And Brad Pitt goes, no, it was something dumber than that. What was it? <laughs> and I'm like, that is my favorite line of the whole movie. <laughs> but I just wish that, like you said, that they would get... There's no way in terms of visual effects or money making that anybody will ever be able to touch Marvel or the Star Wars franchise. No. Um, I don't know. That was just my thing. I... I like to one. I like that Brad Pitt won, and his speech was awesome. Where he said he'd ride Leo's coattails any day of the week because the views not awesome, you know. And it was, and then Steve Martin and Chris Rock doing the opening monologue, and how they um, talked about the ninety-two year history, and um, there were no black people, right? And he goes, "Well, they taken care of that." Guess how many people are nominated this year? One. Right? And Chris Rock made a pot, some kind of joke about hiding all the black people. <laughs> and it was like, okay, it's going to be that kind of night. It was off. Eminem performing his song from 8 Mile was the best performance out of all. They For some reason, they bring music into it now i saw elton john elton was okay hmm. why does he have three other pianists i i don't know and why does he have a prompter on his piano right right but eminem it was people standing up everybody was singing along with him to the to the lyrics you know and Teresa's is like look at all these people and it was old people it wasn't just the young kids, it was like the old people singing along with it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm like, well, biggest rapper of, white rapper of all time. Shouldn't be white rapper, it should just be rapper. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest to ever do it, right? But yeah, that's uh, Billie Eilish butchered yesterday during the memoriam. And they forgot Tim Conway, Luke Perry. And the boy that died from Disney, I can't remember the kid, the guy who played, who was on Disney Channel, but he passed away because of his, uh, I can't remember what it was, but anyway, they didn't put them in the memoriam. And I'm like, did Luke Perry die this year? And I looked and he died at the beginning of the year. I was like, oh, okay, that's not right. You know, but that was my take on it. It was a good show. Just wish comic book and Star Wars movies got more love. You got anything? Anything new on Netflix? Oh, yes. I have started watching uh, The Witcher with Superman. Henry Cavill plays The Witcher. I think I like his Witcher better than I like his Superman. Really? Yeah. Because he gets to be more of a badass with his his, uh, Witcher. 
Um, it's based on the books, the book series, and then they made a video game. There's three video games about it, and now they have a Netflix series. Um, I'm on episode three, and I'm loving it. It's like a cross between comic books and Game of Thrones, because he's a mutant, and he hunts monsters, plus there's the, it's like, takes place in old time, like, Dark Ages kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm loving it. Lots of gore. Or his favorite word is fuck. Because he gets surrounded and he's like, fuck. He's got to kill all these people. <laughs> but it's awesome. I highly recommend it. Um, nice. What do you got? So, in my downtime, I got to watch two episodes of Lock and Key. What'd you think? It is amazing. Well worth it? It is very worth it. Um, the effects are great. The story's pretty close. The you which I usually will prefer the book, but this one you get to see the damage that the death of their father took on the children. You get to see them trying to interact with people, being outcast in high school, you know, lashing out against bullies. Ooh. Okay. Um you get to see the damage. And you don't really get to see the damage that much in the book. The book is more about them finding keys and finding out what the, they do and the girl in the well and, you know, Sam Lesser and stuff show back up. But this one was more about how they're affected by it. Nice. It was I'm good. Have to, I'm to have to give it a watch. It was then. really good. I'll have to add it into my... I'm watching Legion. I forgot to yep. tell you that. I'm watching Legion, first season. Mind Trip? Mind Trip, and I think it was... I was made the mistake of watching... You watched episode one of season two first. No. <laughs> I made the mistake of watching, I think it was episode four. Okay. At like twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning. Because I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And it's the one where it's the big-headed boy chasing him through the, the vent. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. just sit here. It's going to be over. It's okay. You know, it, it kind of creeped me out. The big-headed fucker kind of yes. creeped me out. And I was like... Um, okay, just sit here. You like the show, just it's late, don't let it trip you out, right? <laughs> and then I proceeded to watch like six episodes of Schooled. <laughs> the Goldberg just spin-off to show. Get a, just, just to get just, it out of your just brain. Just to get that out of my brain. Yeah. But no, I'm loving it. Um, I like that the girl's name is Sydney Barrett, after Sid Barrett from uh Pink Floyd. Oh, yep. When she called him Sid, Sid Barrett, and I'm like, oh, first lead singer of Pink Floyd. Cool. Very cool homage, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm digging it. It's only eight episodes. Are they on season three yet, or are they still on two? I don't know. Because I don't want to get I think up. they're on season... They're coming out with season three now. Okay. Soon. Okay. That, that show is a definite mind fuck. Yeah, when you're watching it, are you like, is this really X-Men? Are these really the X-Men? Are these are just... What part of the X-Men is this? Yeah. Are these people real? Is this whole thing real? That's why he... When he's... When they're escaping from this facility and they're running down towards the boat and he stops Sydney and he's like, I need to know, is this real or am I in my brain? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I, this is real. Okay, I'll go with you. 
<laughs> okay, keep watching because it gets weirder. No, I mean, you're I'm, like, is it? <laughs> Legion, Legion is one of my uh, favorite characters. I'm just waiting for Moyer McTaggart to show up, but she doesn't, probably. What's funny is uh, Patrick Stewart said that he would come back to do an X-Men movie or a TV show. And they gave it to somebody to, else. I yeah. saw that. I saw in the, yeah. I looked at the cast and he I wanted saw. To, he wanted to come back as Professor X yeah. for Legion. Yeah. That would have been cool. You know, kind of keep continuity, but. Yep. No, I'm enjoying the hell out of that show. That's a. I'm glad you told me not to watch season two because yeah. I tried to watch the first episode when the second season debuted and I was like, nope, and no idea what's going on here. So yeah, go ahead and check those two out from me and uh, lock and key. Yep. And what else you got, Nick? Uh, two rumors. Okay. So Charlie Cox, the guy who plays Daredevil, might be showing up in the MCU. Like movie MCU? Yeah, movie MCU. So we might be getting Daredevil, Daredevil, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and awesome with Charlie Cox. That's the TV Daredevil. Awesome, yeah. Rumor two, Captain Marvel two. They're going to bring in the X Men in Captain Marvel two, with everybody's favorite mutant, Logan. Rogue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just peed myself a little bit. So <laughs> so everybody who's been complaining that they want to see Rogue take that bitch's powers away. Here you go. Here you go. And and watch the hatred ensue. Yep. So that might be a good catalyst for bringing the X-Men in, bringing the Avengers in, and then having the X-Men versus the Avengers. Because you're going to come after one of theirs. They're going to come after one of yours. Yep. So. Yep. That should be awesome. That. I hope that is not a rumor. I hope that is true. Because then we'll get to see how. Hopefully we get a proper portrayal of Rogue. What? Anna Paquin wasn't your portrayal of Rogue? No. No. She had. Daddy issues with Wolverine. Which. They were talking about this on another show, that one show that I told you about. They finally are hitting their stride and they're getting their shit together. Yeah. And they were talking about how Wolverine has always taken the young girls under his wing, never in a perverted or... No, he did it with Jubilee, too. You know, he's taken... The first one was Kitty Pride, mm-hmm. Then it was Rogue. Then it was Jubilee. And he just takes these, these young girls and he's basically a father figure to them. And I'm like, that's why I don't think that Rogue was portrayed well, because she had this hang-up with she wanted to date her daddy. Mm-hmm. And that's how Rogue Logan has always been with Rogue, is more of a father figure than, hey, how you doing? You know? Right. So I hope it's they do Rogue right. And so. As long as they bring in the... Uh... Mystique angle, you know, it's her stepmom. Freedom Force. Yes. Bringing Freedom Force. Yeah, something like that. You listening, Marvel? But, um, yeah, I don't even remember what I was going to go for that, but, um, yeah, it should be fairly fun to I, watch that. I, I hope it's the case. There's just a lot of rumors going on. That, right that now. would, 
that would be a good way to bring the X-Men in more than having Logan show up in something. Right. Have, you know, Rogue show up in Captain Marvel and that's how you introduce, like you said, mm-hmm. introduce Marvel to the X-Men, Marvel Cinematic Universe to X-Men and then you have the Avengers versus X-Men, yeah. which would be a phenomenal movie. Then it's funny that uh, the car commercial that was during the Super Bowl with Chris Evans and Helen Dretch, Dretch and uh, what's her what's her name? I can't remember. I can't remember her name. She's the one. Wah, wah, yeah, and uh, Debbie Downer and and John Krasinski. Yep, and they're like, ah, yeah, it's a smart car. It's, it's got a park itself. Park, park, and smart car. <laughs> yeah, I love that commercial. That you have Captain America and the possible Reed Richards yep. in the same commercial. Are they trying to get people ready for that team up? That could be. He's going to be coming in because dude got big. John Krasinski got Well, he's big. also doing Jack Ryan. Right. So he's and it's just funny to see him like, whoa. Dude, <laughs> he doesn't look like the guy from The Office. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually swole. You're like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. No. He... I've been want, I've been told to, to catch the Jack Ryan show, yeah. but I don't have Prime, so can't. Right. Add another bill just to watch. Just watch one show. I I am gonna that the uh, family video has a lot of shows on DVD. Mm-hmm. When Picard season one, and if I can find the Jack, uh, Jack Ryan one when that comes out, the first season, I think it's already out. But. Once Picard comes out, I'm gonna snack that up and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it because I'm excited for that and I don't want to pay another one. Right. Anything else? No, that's all I got. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up this week. Um, if you like what you hear, please uh, give us a like, subscribe, and leave a comment. We always want to. We we would like comments, guys. That helps us um, build up our ranking and so we're not in the abyss. Yeah, and check out uh, the show notes. It's got our Discord on it. So yeah. if you want to talk to us, give us some yeah. advice. Some I'm excited to interact with you guys. I, I'm on another one, another show's Discord, and they have like this fan. But they've been around since 14, but they have these people, and they play together online. Right. And I kind of want to do that. I want to have that where we talk and we make friends with our listeners. Mm-hmm. and So, yeah, just... Not that we don't mind having Scott and Scott talk to us, but we want more. We want to interact more. Um. So yeah, just leave us a review, guys. Uh, guys, a review, guys. Okay. I thought you turned into Arn. Leave us a roofie, guys. Leave us a roofie. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I can't wait for that new newest episode to come out. It's actually good. It's really funny. Is it? It's really funny. It's funny. It's not bordering on no it's it's funny okay like i listened to it twice and i never do that i was like i finished editing it and i was sitting down here like studying and i listened to it again right afterwards i'm gonna have to listen to it then it's really funny so because i was thinking about i'm like we kind of went off the rails the last few episodes you investigated this episode so yeah it was kind of fun yeah Getting the two murder hobos to investigate anything is hard work if you didn't know that. Anyway, guys, so uh, have fun. Read more comics. It's been Kirk and Nick. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
It is 3 a.m. at the Gotham First National Bank, and the clicking noises you hear are the tumblers of a lock magnified many times by intricate amplification equipment. That's a boy, Mitch. You're doing fine. We're almost home. The lock belongs to First National's maximum security walk-in vault, but to three highly specialized bank robbers, no security seems to be maximum enough. Hey, that does it. She's ready to open. All the other alarms have been shut off. Help me pull the door. All that money. A Federal Reserve deposit of millions waiting for us just on the other side of that door. Jeez, Mitch, this thing is two feet thick. Okay, I'm helping, I'm helping. Almost. Just a little more. Good evening, gentlemen. We're glad you could drop by. Batman! Don't you fellas know it's polite to not first? They were waiting inside. No, it isn't fair. What did they know? Every crook makes at least one mistake, Trench, and your gang is no exception. Your mistake was falling for the phony news item Batman planted about a huge Federal Reserve deposit in this branch. Hey, what are we running here at debate? Let's plug them! Oh, you're on top of that already! You Robin and I prefer a fight without guns, and we expect the same from you. Batman, look out! The third one has another gun? What a gun, boy wonder. Something far more useful. A bank robber flips a switch on the strange circuit-studded gadget in his hand, and at once the air is filled with a piercing, ear-splitting sound. Oh, me too, Robin. I can't even think straight. That's the whole idea behind our sonic disruptor, Batman. A few more seconds of this, and you and a punk will be on the floor in agony. Yeah, while we stand back and enjoy the show, thanks to the special high-frequency earplugs the three of us are wearing. Oh, covering my ears as tight as I can. It doesn't help. Hold on as long as you can, Robin. Fight it. Yet not even the dynamic duo can withstand the terrible onslaught of sound for long. And as they drop to their knees... Seeing this was worth getting beat up for! <laughs> from every direction, the nightmarish screeching sound seems to surround them until the bank robbers look up to see a frightening form circling above their heads. A creature the size of a man with the unmistakable ears and leathery wings of a bat. the most horrible thing I've ever seen. Sonic Disrupted doesn't even phase it. I'm getting out of here. Me too. Wait for me. In the frenzied confusion, the Sonic Disruptor falls and its ear-splitting drone ceases at once as the cowled crusader and the boy wonder look up to see... <laughs> Batman, that thing, it's going after the bank robbers. I know, Robert. Hey, hey, put me down. Oh, it's got me in its claws. Look out. He's dropping you on top of us. It slammed two of them together. Now it's pulling the third crook into the air. Help! And knocking him senseless into the side of the wall. What a show! The creature's flying away, Batman. Let's go after it. No, Robin. The least we can do in gratitude for its help is to leave Man-Bat in peace. Man-Bat? You know this guy? Monster? Whatever he is? Yes, and I know he must be in great pain right now. That's why he flew off. I don't understand. Like a true bat, Man-Bat's hearing is ultra-sensitive to even the minutest sounds. If you think that sonic disruptor was rough on us, I'd hate to imagine how it must have felt to him. He must be a very brave man. Uh, he is a man, isn't he? Robin, I think it's time you heard the full story of my friend Kirk Langstrom. 
Kirk Langstrom, the eminent nocturnal mammal expert, had long been a fan of mine and a supporter for everything the name Batman stood for. Well, it was several years ago that hundreds of hours of hard work finally brought him on the verge of an incredible discovery in the confines of his lab under the Gotham Museum. That does it, my leathery-winged friend. I've taken the final dose of my serum. Now we wait. You and I. The friend Langstrom spoke to was a live bat, and the serum was a specially prepared gland extract he had derived from the creature for human consumption. He later told me he came up with the serum as a gift for me, but being the thorough scientist he was, tested the serum on himself first. And at first the results seemed impressive. That infernal noise is unbearable. What in heaven's name can be causing so much racket? Langstrom was both startled and tremendously excited when he traced the noise to its source, astonished to discover it was nothing more than... Uh, a dripping faucet. But to me, it sounded like splashing tidal waves. My hearing has become incredibly sensitive. The first bat characteristic that proves my serum is working. And then the next sign became painfully apparent when Langstrom rushed to his desk to jot down some notes. I can't stand the light of that desk lamp. I've got to put on my sunglasses. They're in my jacket. Once he found the dark lenses, he put them on and switched off the light, only to get a third surprise. I'm navigating in utter darkness without bumping into a thing. My vocal cords are emitting ultrasonic signals, and my super-sensitive hearing picks them up when they bounce back. I've done the impossible. I now possess the natural radar of a bat. Yes, Langstrom had achieved the impossible all right, far more so than even his wildest imaginings, because when he happened to look down at his hands... Oh, my God! My hands! They're growing hairy, with claws, like a bat! I... I don't understand. Can this be a side effect of the gland extract? I'll put on some gloves. It's only temporary. It has to be. But while preparing to go out, he encountered still another ominous sign. My hat! What pushed it off my head? By now, Langstrom already knew the worst. But he had to run to a mirror to see the horrible, ghastly truth for himself. <gasps> I have giant ears, red eyes, fur instead of skin. This can't be happening. But it is. I've become a... a man <laughs> Once the initial shock of his nightmarish fate had worn off, Langstrom remained at his museum lab late into the night, trying to discover where his serum had gone wrong. Until his work was interrupted by a ruckus in the jewelry exhibit upstairs in the museum. It was the Blackout Gang at work, a group that wore special equipment to enable them to operate in the dark. But that night they were encountering opposition, namely me. It's Batman! We've got the advantage! We can see him, but he can't see us! Jump him! I was badly outnumbered, but with that many rats in my back, anywhere I punched, my fist connected. I was holding my own well enough when all of a sudden... I see it too, but I wish I didn't. This freak is even worse than Batman. Yes, Robin, that night I had a new ally, as Batman and Man-Bat fought side by side to mop up the rest of the gang. You all right, Batman? Sure, friend. Thanks to you, there's so much I need to know about you. No! It's all gone wrong! I want no part of you or anyone else! 
go. Come back. Let me try to help you. He flew off into the night, and it wasn't until months later that I learned that he was really Kirk Langstrom and that his once noble mind had become dangerously unstable as a result of the serum. That's some story, Batman. Did it ever have a happy ending? Finally, after several months, I was able to catch up with him and administer the chemical antidote that turned Langstrom back to his human form. Everyone had high hopes for his recovery, especially when Langstrom decided to marry his fiancée, Francine, soon after that. And then what happened? They married, but by that time, Langstrom had relapsed into man-bat again. And he persuaded poor Francine to take the gland extract so that she, too, became a bat. It was his way of getting her to prove her love for him. Man, those two have been through a lot. And I thought the worst was behind them until tonight. Poor Langstrom must have suffered another... Look out! Langstrom's back, but he's not making sense. Wait a minute, Robin. I think I understand. This isn't Langstrom! Good grief! The thing has swooped up Batman! The fearsome creature of the night and the caped crime fighter locked themselves in furious and frenzied combat over Robin's head. I've got to do something. I know. My utility belt. Quickly, the teen wonder extracts a certain capsule and hurls it upward into the fray, where it breaks open in the face of Batman's monstrous opponent. Good thinking, Robin. That sneezing powder ought to give me the advantage I need. But just as Batman wrenches himself loose from the suffering creature, still another inhuman sound tears through the air. And as Batman agilely lands on the floor... Oh my gosh! Now there are two of them! The man-bats are fighting! No, they're not. The second one is trying to calm down the first, and he needs help. The masked manhunter extracts a bat rope and a batarang from his utility belt, and with skills and reflexes honed to absolute perfection, he flings the batarang upward. Right on, Batman! Your bat line is wrapping itself around both of them, binding them together. Now they can't use their wings. And without their wings... Man-bats don't fly. But when the dynamic duo runs up to the grounded, inhuman pair... Look, Batman. The bigger one's got something in his hand. They're... They're two hypodermic needles. Now I know what to do. And Batman does it, wasting no time and injecting each creature with one of the hypodermics. Oh, they're changing. Losing their wings. Becoming human again. Becoming a man and a woman. Oh, Kirk, I'm so sorry. I lost control of myself to think I would try and kill Batman. It's okay, honey. It was the serum warping your mind. You didn't know. What happened, Kirk? It's all a misunderstanding, Batman. I was long overdue from an expedition in South America, and poor Francine was worrying about me here at home. Yesterday I was rummaging through Kirk's lab, very depressed, and I was so despondent I mistook the bat extract serum for my own drink. The next thing I knew, I was a bat... Once the serum affected her mind, Francine became wildly insane. And when I finally got home this morning, I found frantic scrawls drawn all over the walls, blaming you, Batman, for my disappearance. I get it. So you took a dose of the serum yourself, figuring the only way to stop a man-bat is with another man-bat. That's right. But when I finally located you two a few hours ago, you were up against that terrible sonic disruptor. So I gave you a helping hand with those bank robbers. I'll say you did. That must have been murder on your bat ears. And while Kirk took some time to recover, Francine caught up with us and attacked. Batman, can you ever forgive me? I already have, Francine. Well, I may never forgive you, Batman, 
Not unless you get around to introducing me to your friends. <clears throat> uh, uh, sorry, Robin. Uh, Kurt, uh, Francine, I'd like you to meet my protege and junior partner. 